But tonight, I'm going to talk about a little word that has, it holds a lot of meaning. And what that word is, is honor. Because if we look around in today's society, it's very rare to find true honor all around us. I mean, you turn on the TV, just watch it for about 30 seconds, and just try to find honor in those shows. I mean, we watch TV with our kids, and there's some shows, we turn it on, and we'll turn it right back off. Because the kids sit there and badmouth their parents, talking to them like they are just trash. I'm like, okay, that's not honor. So let's go ahead and not keep that around us. And then all of a sudden you watch husbands treating wives on TV, not the proper way, not honoring them like they should. And I look all around us and I'm like, wow, there's such a lack of honor that it's amazing. And people think it's normal. They think that's just how we are. Nobody's going to tell us different. But you see, God's got a different way about that. Because God thinks totally different about honor. And we've got to get back to viewing honor the way he views it. So tonight we're going to go ahead and we're going to get into some word. But before we do that, let's kick it off the right way. Let's pray over the word. So, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight. I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that is inside of me, that he will be the teacher and that he will use my voice tonight, and that I thank you, Holy Spirit, that I will only say what you want them to hear, and that your word will come forth with boldness and power. And I thank you for everything that you're doing in us, and that this word will go deep into us, that it will change us, and be able to change the society around us, through us. We might not be able to touch the whole world, but we can touch our world. Our world of influence around us, we can make a difference and bring honor back into our day-to-day lives. And we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to grab a drink of water because my voice is a little thirsty. Anyway, everybody doing good? Awesome. I was wondering how that was going to go. Just got done singing. I'm going to need water. So let's go over to um, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to start off over here in 2 Timothy. Timothy is probably one of my favorite books and because he has so much wisdom for being such a young guy. Timothy. Timothy was Paul's little helper guy, and I actually talked about him last time whenever we talked about a servant's heart, but this time we're going to start off different, and in 2 Timothy, verse, in chapter 2, verse 20, it says, now in a large house there are not only gold and silver vessels, but also vessels of wood and of other earthenware, and some to honor and some to dishonor, and what I want to look at is some to honor and some to dishonor. That word honor right there means to value, to set a price, a worth, or a weight. And so in that house, there's all these different vessels, and there's some that there's such a high price set on those that you place them in high regard. I mean, you know exactly where they're at at all times. And I even talked to the kids about this last week. I said, if you have your favorite toy, where are you going to put that? Are you going to put it right next to your bed where you know exactly where it's at at all times? Or are you going to leave it outside getting rained on, and maybe if it's metal, it's going to get rusted? They're like, no, we always know where it's at. I said, you place a high value on that then. And what honor truly means is that we place value on something that we're doing. And we're going to go through, and we're going to see exactly what God wants us to honor in just a couple little summary categories. Because I started getting into this thing probably about two weeks ago. I started digging into this subject, and I was like, all right, I'll I'll maybe be able to go 30 minutes. Then I started digging. I kept digging. And I never reached the bottom. And I was like, okay, this is, this is a lot. I was like, I got like 10 pages of notes here. I'm not going to take that on Wednesday night. I was like, that's, that's, we got to summarize this. So we condensed it. So guess what? I have three pages, three pages of notes. But you see, whenever we go to honor something, we got to realize that we can't look to the world to find out what we honor because everything in this world has been tainted. And even there was a minister I listened to not too long ago he was sitting there, and he was talking about, he was looking to write his second book. He was like, you know what? I want to bring honor back. He said, I think it would be great to write a book on honor. So he was talking to his publisher, and he said, you know what? My next book, I think I'm going to write it on honor. And they told him, you can't write that book. I said, why not? He said, nobody would buy it. I said, who would want to buy a book about honor? I'm thinking, I did. I bought a book about honor. It wasn't from you because you didn't write it. But that's how today's society is is they want to do it their way. They want to treat people the way they want to be treated. They don't want anything to be going back to what God always said because we got to get back to the original root of the thing. we got to look back and say, all right, where did honor start? Where do we start off with honor? So 
But I was digging a little bit deeper because obviously it says that there are some to honor and some to dishonor. And obviously the opposite of honor is dishonor. Pretty simple. But I went and I looked and I was digging through and finding all these different um, in dictionaries and everything else, just finding different translations of it. And pretty much to sum it up is the first one is to shame. To dishonor brings shame. But then it also says to treat something as common or ordinary. I was like, wow, we just got out of the Extraordinary series. That will be awesome because we know the difference between ordinary and extraordinary. Because God, whenever we come into his kingdom, we no longer are ordinary. He's made us to be extraordinary. And so we should never look at ourselves as ordinary ever again. Because we know that God used ordinary people, but by the Spirit of God, they became extraordinary. And they never went back to being that ordinary person. So... Whenever it's talking about to dishonor somebody is to look at them as just common or ordinary, to see no value placed in them. And I was like, man, because there's been times in my life that I've looked at somebody or looked at something and I've gone, oh, that's just nothing. I placed no value on it and I did not honor the thing because of it. But with us, we got to get back to everything that we look at. We want to find honor in every situation. No matter if it's you at the grocery store and that lady is just being rude, it's all get out to you. I mean, the lady taking off your money, your groceries, she's being rude. You don't have to fall into that trap of dishonor. You can find value in everything if you look hard enough. And that's the thing is we've got to change our lenses to go back to say, all right, Lord, let's find out what you say about this. But the first place we've got to look at whenever we're talking about honor is we've got to talk about honoring God. Because if you can't honor God, you will never be able to honor anyone else. So we're going to go look at the story of Eli the priest. And it's found in 1 Samuel um, chapter 2, in verse 29 and 30. It's 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 29 and 30. Most of my stuff will be in the NASB tonight, but there's a couple NLTs and New King James and all those, but I'll let you know. But in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 29 through 30, it says, why do you kick at my sacrifice and at my offerings, which I have commanded in my dwelling? And honor your sons above me by making yourselves fat with the choicest of every offering of my people Israel. He, back up a little bit on the Eli the priest, he was already on a downhill little slope. This is right before Samuel gets that amazing little children's story that we always tell the kids of God talks to kids. And he goes to Samuel and says, Samuel. He gets up and runs to Eli. This is right before that. But Eli's on this downhill plunge because just there in that scripture it says, you honor your sons above me. And it, he didn't place the proper honor. He placed his sons before God. So whenever we think of this word honor, I want you to always remember it's value. It holds value. So what he's saying to him is you place more value on your sons than you did me. And so when we go on to the next verse, verse 30 says, Therefore the Lord God of Israel declares, I did indeed say that your house and the house of your father should, be, should walk before me forever. But now the Lord declares, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and for those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. And so this right here is the honor principle. Everything that you learn today, this will sum it up is when you honor God, he will honor you, period. It doesn't matter if anybody else brings you honor for the rest of your life. As long as you honor God, he will always make sure the honor comes back to you. But if you despise God and you place value somewhere else besides putting that value first on him, then it says that you'll be lightly esteemed. Now, I've looked up that word esteemed, and we're going to see it later, but it pretty much means placing a value. And you can go back to placing value to find honor right there in it. So he says that if you despise him, you'll be very lightly honored. Your value will be very small. So with us, we want to have this life that is full of us always placing the highest value on God every single time. We want to have the highest value, the highest honor always goes to God because he'll return it back to us. And so there is quite a few different spots um, in here that when we honor God, he will always bring it back. But the thing about it is it's not about just us using our voice because that happened before. And we're going to go to Matthew 
chapter 15, and we're going to look at this because they tried to do this. And Elisha the prophet prophesied about this. And it says in uh, Matthew chapter 15, this is Jesus quoting that prophecy, and it's found in verse 7. It says, You hypocrites, rightly did Elisha the prophesy of you, verse number 8, These people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Because too many times people want to honor other people with their lips and do this great lip service of, oh, they're the best people in the world. But whenever it comes down to the heart, their heart's not in it at all. And I was even thinking about all these military guys. The ones that we got in here, they got this right. It wasn't them. But there's a lot of guys that I know that they go through the motions all the time. And whenever they got to stand at attention, honoring everybody else who's getting promoted, they might stand there and they might look like they're honoring them, but their heart's far from being right there at that place. And they're saying, this is stupid. I have no idea why I'm standing out here. It's hot. I've done this a thousand times. Why am I here? And so they can look like they're honoring. And they look like they're honoring the flag, but their heart's not in it at all. But the biggest thing about it is when it comes down to it, the one who made the heart knows exactly what's going on. So when it comes to honoring God, we can't just go to him and say, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are the greatest. We place the highest value on you. You are number one in our life, but then go and live any way we want as soon as we walk out that door because the Lord knows what's going on in the heart. And he's looking to find out where's your heart in it. Is your heart in it? And that goes along to what we talked about last time was the servant's heart. It's not about your actions on the outside. It goes all the way down to your heart of what were you thinking in the middle of it? What are your thoughts going on through your head? Because are your thoughts honoring what you're doing? Are they lining up and placing the same value that you're doing on the outside? Or is it something totally different? Because the Lord will see those things. But true honor comes from the heart, not just from the mouth. So we always have to remember that it's not about just, yeah, I went and did that thing. I honored them. I gave them... I gave them a little offering, or I went and I gave my time, but I should have been doing something else. Well, if you should have been doing it, great, but if you're going to do it, make sure your heart's in it. But the first, the, that was the first place we got to look at is the honoring God. And we always have to keep that first. If we don't honor God, we can never honor anyone else. But the second place, this one always hits home, literally, is our family. And too many times, you can go, our favorite store, everybody's favorite store. Just go to Walmart and just watch. Me and Pastor Mark got the opportunity the other day. It was funny because I'll tell you a little story. It's hilarious. We go and we rented this carpet cleaner because every every once in a while we want to go through and sanitize carpets in the little kid's room. So Pastor Mark's like, hey, what are you doing today? Well, I, I'm, I'm caught up on everything. He's like, you want to clean the carpets? I said, yeah, absolutely. Didn't realize what that was going to entail. But all of a sudden I said, yeah, let's do it. And he goes, all right, I'm going to run to Walmart and get the little carpet cleaner. I'll be right back. He brings his carpet cleaner back. And I was like, never use one. He goes, oh, the directions are on it. You'll get it figured out. All right. Sounds good. So I started using this carpet cleaner. And I go across this rug. And I do the whole rug. I go back and I go, place my hand on it. And I was like, hey, Pastor Mark, is this thing supposed to be wet? Said, yeah, it's supposed to be pretty wet. I mean, damp at least. And I said, about as dry as that when it started. He goes, did you put water in it? I said, yeah, I put water in it. I said, I read the directions. I put all the water in it and everything else. I said, hold on, let me try it again. <laughs> did the whole thing again. It's not wet. He goes, oh, oh figure it out, and then I'll get, he goes, I got to go in here and make a phone call. I'll be back. About 20 minutes later, I'm sitting over here. I'm like, all right, so I get up underneath there. I'm looking at the nozzles. Have you guys ever seen a rented Walmart carpet cleaner on the bottom? I told Pastor Mark, I said, I can normally fix anything and unclog anything. That I don't want to try. I said, can we just take it back and go get another one? He goes, yeah, that's fine. So I emptied the whole machine out, dumped all the water in another bucket. We loaded up the machine, headed up to Walmart. And <laughs> it was hilarious because we get up there, and I didn't realize – no human actually runs the little kiosk. It's all electronic. So, you know, Pastor Mark, get up there. I'm like, how do we return this? We're standing in front of this machine. 
And on the side, it has a sticker that says, this is the instructions for a broken machine. And it says, go tell the store. The store will take it, write the store number, call it, all this stuff. Hey, there you go. Go talk to him. He walks over. Hey, can you help us out with this? First person goes, nope, no, nothing about it. And just keeps walking. I was like, okay. All right, let's, let's go find the lady over there in the return department. Let's go talk to her. He goes over there. We wait in line forever. Gets up to the front. Lady goes, sir, we don't touch that. Have you ever read the sticker on the side of the instructions? Yeah, there's a number. Call it. It says for you guys to call it. We don't touch that. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Anyway, so he's like, let's just load it up, and I'll call the company. So we load it up, get in the truck, and he calls the company, and they answered. Because we just tried to call them before, and they didn't answer. And he goes, hold on. Let's go back inside. So in the meantime, we're going back inside, and I'm just standing there at this machine watching everybody walk around. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, we're, we're in a good city. These people need some help. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching these married couple at the cash register just arguing and just talking down to each other like they were in their room at the house. They didn't care that anybody was around. He was talking down to her and everything else. I'm sitting there going, man, that's so sad. Because life doesn't have to be that way. And then I'm watching a grandma, I would say, with a bunch of kids screaming at them, telling them to be quiet and come on and uh, just wait till we get out in the car and everything else. I'm like, there's proper ways to do this. And if you just value them a little bit more just to give them the honor that they need, even though they're little kids, I know they get on your nerves. They deserve just as much honor as the President of the United States. And so whenever we're going through it, we got to realize that family is one of those crucial elements that sometimes it gets overlooked quite a bit whenever it comes to honor. But God has a great setup for that. And men, I'll tell you right now, it falls on us because we are the head. And as the head is, the house will go. Because God even says over in here, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. This is in the New Living Translation. And it says, In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. And all the women said, There you go. There you go. I'll help you out. But it says, Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. It says, She may be the uh, weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. So I was reading that. I was like, yeah, that would be good. But he goes ahead and puts that little clause at the bottom of it that says, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. I'm thinking, he went ahead and just set us up for that one. He said, all right, you don't want to honor your wife? Your prayers are going to be hindered then. You're not going to get what you're praying for. But he says, you honor your wife, you'll be good. And so whenever we're going through, it's like, oh, man, yeah, I could have placed a little more value there. Because, I mean, we've all had those times where we have that intense time of fellowship. We don't say we have fights. Pastor Mike and Angie down there in St. Augustine said, you don't have fights. You have intense times of fellowship. They might get really intense, but you're having those intense times of fellowship. I said, yeah, yeah. There's those times where I didn't place that much value there. And it's like, Lord, help me out there. I apologize. And you've got to go back. And that's one of those things that whenever we were dating, I placed high value on that relationship. And my pocketbook showed it. I mean, we were always going out on dates. Every single time it was date night, that truck was getting cleaned, no matter what. Now, I look around, I'm like, when's the last time I cleaned my truck for a date? Like, normally it's like, here, watch out for this mud right there and hop in. Let's, let's go eat. But we always got to remember that what we value, we're going to honor every single time. And so... The wives and ladies, for future references, you're not excluded. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33 says, So again I say, this is going to talk about the man for a second, but it's coming. It says, Each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wives must respect her husband. You break that word respect down, and it says, To esteem, to place value and honor. So every single time you look at it, you can always go back to, are you honoring that which you have in your presence? Because we can always overlook it and say, oh, yeah, they're not going anywhere. 
They're, they're with me the rest of the They are stuck with me. But we have to always remember that it doesn't matter if they are stuck with you. They deserve that honor. Because when we honor God, it's going to flow into every other area. And it's going to flow not only into the areas that we want it to, but when we truly honor God, it's going to flow all to around us. Because honor is not a directional force. It's not something that you shoot like a rifle and just send it on. It's more like whenever you take that big old huge rock when you're a kid and throw it out in that puddle or that pond, and you see that ripple effect. When you honor God, it sends a ripple effect to everyone around you. Those that may be higher than you, those that are right beside you, and also those that are placed underneath you. And that's how it's supposed to be whenever we're living and operating in the kingdom, is that honor is supposed to be given no matter who they are, what they are, or what they're doing. But the next one we get to, I know all you parents are loving this one, is the kids. Because we got to train our children up in the way they should go, so that way when they get old, they won't depart from it. And we hold on to that promise all the time, that, Lord, we will raise them up in the way they should go. We will give them everything that they need in this life to operate in your word, and that they will be able to listen and hear from you to go and do their purpose on the earth. Because ultimately, we can raise them up to be whatever they want to be. But if it's not God's purpose for them, it's useless. So the best thing we can do is raise them up to hear God's voice for themselves and let them go and follow him. And that's one thing I was excited about with my parents is they did that for me and my brother. Now, Josh, he plowed the way for me. Awesome. Because he was the one that said at, 18, at 17 years old, when I turn 18, I'm moving to St. Augustine, Florida to go help Pastor Earl. My parents said, no, you're not. He goes, yeah, I am. He goes, I will follow that. He goes, that's my call. He says, I know I'm supposed to be down there. And, man, it was like pulling teeth at our house and constantly back and forth, back and forth, because my parents didn't want to let him go. He was the firstborn. Why would you want to let your firstborn move 1,200 miles away? And so they're sitting there, and I remember the day we loaded up his little, he had a Jeep Wrangler. It was nice. It had a lift kit and everything else. But he had packed up his whole entire room, took it to the shop, and shipped it UPS. And then they packed up that whole Jeep all the way full to where my dad couldn't even recline. He was straight up. And they embarked on an 18-hour drive in a Jeep Wrangler. Did it straight through. And so my dad got there, and he's like, this is the worst trip of my life. Dropping my kid off here. And he dropped him off, and my brother started that whole journey following God. And that was one of those things that my dad had to realize, this is what we've raised them to do. We raised them to hear God's voice for themselves and then go with that. And so he had to honor my brother and realize that, I give you enough value that you need to follow God because that's what you were born to do. So whenever it came time to us telling them, Lord's calling us to Valdosta, I said, hey, it's only two and a half hours away. That's great. It's not, it's not 18 hours away. This is awesome. And I said, yeah, it's great. And so they were like, you know what? That's what we raised you to do. So you guys, we have raised to honor everybody else and to go off. But in Ephesians chapter 6, if we just bump over one more chapter there verses one through four it says children obey your parents because you belong to the lord for this is the right thing to do honor your father and mother this is the first commandment with a promise and we push this hard with the kids because it is the first it's the first commandment that he gave with a promise and he said you know what you do this he said this is what will happen and, and let's see if you honor your father and mother Things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on this earth. Father, uh, we'll get there in a second. Let's stop there for right now. But with that verse 3, it's funny because I've heard ministers all through the years talking about this one, and one of them said it correctly. He said right there that in verse 3 it says, If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on this earth. He said, I don't know about you, but in my household, if you didn't honor mother and father, that means you get, you're going to die, period. You, you ain't going to have that long life because you're going to die. And I was thinking, I was like, yeah, it's pretty much the thought we had. If, oh, if we ever just, I'm, I couldn't imagine standing up in front of my mom and just telling her how it is. It's like, oh, I'd die. I would die, absolutely. It wouldn't be dad. It would be from the hand of mom. I'm like, I honored her too much to ever bow up like that. I said, uh-uh. I, wa- I watched Josh try to do that a couple times. And I saw what happened. 
Like, he got that paddle out, and I mean, his butt was red. I'm like, I will learn from the big brother's mistakes. Josh, if you're hearing this, you're not here, so I apologize. But, hey, it's good stories. Anyway, all right, verse 4 comes back to, like I said before, fathers. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. It says, rather bring them up with the discipline and instructions that come from who? The Lord. And so as we go, even with grandkids, we were talking about this earlier, and you brought up a great point. But with the grandkids, we've even got to start raising them up. If they're in your care, you discipline them just like what the parents do because you're working as a team. Just like whenever you bring your kids here and we put them in those classrooms, guess what? We're going to teach them the same things that you're teaching them at home because it's the Word of God. We want to do this as a partnership, not just you bring them here, drop them off, we get the whole Word in them, and then you go and live the rest of the week. No, it's a partnership. What we do here, we're just helping you out because they live the rest of their life with you, and they're here for maybe an hour and a half on a Sunday and a Wednesday. That's not a lot to put in them. But with you guys... We can raise them up to honor and place value on what's important. And one of those things that I even realized whenever I was studying this out is, back in Oklahoma, the South is great. I will tell you that right now. The South is awesome. Because before we moved down to Florida, me and my brother were talking about this, and I said, you realize we never were taught to say yes, sir, or yes, ma'am? I said, back in Oklahoma... It was very common to see a kid go, what? Yeah? Fine. I said, down here, you'll get slapped. And you ain't even their kid. I said, you go over to somebody and say, what? What do you say? Sorry. Yes, yes, ma'am. No problem. I said, it, was, it took us getting all the way down here to Florida to finally realize that it's honoring somebody whenever you use those words. Whenever you walk over to somebody and you say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, I'll do that. No, sir, I did not do that. It's showing honor to that person. You're placing a high value on them saying that. And I said, I'm surprised back in Oklahoma we didn't say that stuff. I said, but you know what? Praise God we moved to the south and we figured it out. Because even with my daughter, I mean, she's seven years old now, and I, we're still working on that, trying to implant that in her now so whenever she becomes our age, it's second nature that honor will be right there that she doesn't even have to think twice about honoring somebody. She can just walk over and just automatically, yes, ma'am, yes, sir, no problem. I'll get that for you. You just you have a seat. Let me go grab that for you. And placing such a value on people's lives so that it'll show a difference. But with this, let's move on. That one, I love this subject. Honor, honor is so deep that I was surprised because I was thinking, hey, you know what? Holy Spirit, I know you want me to talk on honor. Let's just... Let's start digging into it. I started digging in, and there's a couple books out there, and I know for Kingdom Institute, for you Kingdom Institute students, for third year, they do a class called Life of Honor, and it's from a uh, John Brevere John book called The Honor's Reward. That book jacked me up, I think, big time, just on the way I thought about other people because it goes down and it does exactly what we're doing, but it goes so in-depth on every area of life of where the honor is missing. And that honor brings a reward. Every time you value somebody, it will always bring a reward back to you. And one of the stories he gave was when Jesus showed up to his own hometown. It said that the people recognized him as the carpenter's son. They said, oh, that's Jesus. His family's living here. His brothers and sisters, they're all here. And it said that they did not honor him and that he could not do any miracles except for a few. And because of that dishonor, it cost them their miracles. Some of them needed healing, but because they became so familiar with what was placed in front of them and they didn't value that gift, they didn't receive it. But then whenever you go to the woman who comes over to him and says, Lord, I need you to heal my daughter. He says, listen, I got I to gotta take care of what God told me to take care of. I got to take care of his people first. And he says, I'm not going to give my food to the dogs. I can't give that table, the children's food to the dogs. I'm sitting there going, one, he just called her a dog. Jesus just called this lady a dog, but how she responded was with such honor for him that she said, but Lord, even the dogs can eat the scraps from the master's table. And he said, by your faith, may be done. Because she placed so much honor on him and placed so much value in him that he said, I can't help but help you. You honored God, so I will honor you. 
But whenever we go through this, we always have to remember that when we place the honor, it's not choosing who we want. We can't just pick and choose, today I'm going to honor this person, not that one. We have to always look back and go, who do we honor today? Everyone we come in contact with. Because God saw so much value in them that he placed us here for this time. But the next one we're going to look at, and we're just going to move on. Let me see. Let's go to number three. Number three is one that I've read this scripture, this passage of scriptures, probably 50 times. I've never even seen this. But it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. And what it's talking about is honoring the church. Because we can go through and we, when we honor God, that will set us up to be able to honor everyone else. We have to honor our house because those are the people that are always with us. And then when it comes to our church, this is our church family. And I was looking around during praise and worship, and I was like, man, it's good to be with family. I was like, because this is our church family right here. I said, these are the ones that always show up. Literally, it's their family. But <laughs> but I was like, man, it's awesome because I said, we love these people. I mean, we literally love these people. I said, when they don't show up, we wonder. I wonder how they're doing. I wonder why they didn't come tonight. It's not a, oh, you should have been at church. No, it's a, I wonder if they need anything. Do we need to go take care of that? That's why I love how here at Angus Bay Church we have it set up that if somebody needs something or we know you're going to have a surgery or you're going to be out and you have a whole family, we'll make a whole list of a team to come bring you food for that whole week or even two weeks if you need it. But we set it up to take care of the family. And that's one thing is whenever we honor our family, it sets us up to be able to honor our church family. And right here, this is talking about the members of the body. It starts off in verse 12 and it says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. Also, so also is Christ. In verse 13 it says, For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Verse 14 is where I want to start and focus on from here. It says, For in fact the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. It says, Is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Verse 17 says, If the whole body were an eye, we wouldn't be able to walk around. Right? But it says, If the whole body were an eye, see, where, where are we at? Yeah, there we go. Uh, where would be the hearing? And if the ho- the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? I like this translation. It's great. It says, verse 18, But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Praise God for that. Because if we got to do it ourselves, we would be a weird-looking person. Because God set every member as he pleased. And whenever we bring that over to what he's talking about of the church, is each one of us has a part to play. And praise God for that because we're all needed. And we should value that because how could we look over and say, Travis doesn't have a place here. He's not an eye. He doesn't, he's not needed. We can never say that because his gift is so valuable, it takes every one of us to accomplish this. And we can't say, well, I'm a foot. So they don't need me to get up there. No, because if you chop off one of your foot and try to stand on that thing again, you're going to have problems. Every part is needed. Even if you chopped off all your toes, you would know they were missing. All the way down to your little pinky finger. You don't realize that your pinky nail is there until you jam it on something and it gets one of those little blisters underneath and sits there and just throbs. And it's like, ah, man, why did I do that? Every part is important, and we thank God that he places us where he wants them to be placed. So let's go to verse, where are we on? 18 19. Sweet. It says, If they were all one member, uh, were of the one body B. But it says, verse 20. Let's see, are we going to? Yep. But now indeed, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor, again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. This is where I want to focus, coming up on verse 23. But it says, verse 22, No, much rather those members of the body 
which seem to be weak are, are necessary. Verse 23 is where I want to focus. It says, And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow greater honor, and on un, that word parts have greater uh, modesty. But right here, I want to back up really quick on verse 23. And it says this key word. It says, which we think to be less. That doesn't say that God thinks they're less. That says we place that thought there. And we say that that children's worker who's working in the infants, they're not very needed. I mean, we could do it without them. We place very, they're, they're not very valuable to us. Yeah, they are. You go change one of those poopy kids' diapers and sit there and try to make them not cry. That will make you pull your hair out. I didn't do that. Just clarify. It just fell out on its own. But that takes a gift. I mean, a God-given talent to be able to work with those babies. Because you walk in there half-heartedly, and those children will know. And they look at you, and they go, no, no. And they will sit there and scream their head off. But, man, it takes those women and men. We can do this, too. You just can't change diapers. Praise God. Hallelujah. But you can get in there, too. And whenever they see that heart and they see that passion behind it in there and you, you value them as what they are, as a precious gift from God, they will look at you and they will love it. I love going back there and seeing my little girl back there with those teachers playing because I know that they value her life just as much as I value hers. And whenever we're teaching the older kids, we value that time we have with them. Because you know what? I know this size we're at right now, we know pretty much the homes they go to. But when we get bigger, guess what, guys? We're going to get kids and families. We don't know what their home life is. And I know down there in St. Augustine, there was times that I would have to minister to kids knowing they're going to have to go back into the roughest crud the world can throw at them. So for this two hours I got, I'm going to pour out the love of God into them. I'm going to show so much value to them that when they leave, it will leave an impact on their life saying, they valued me. They honored me. Every time I showed up, they honored us. Well, that's the same with every greeter that we have here. Is whenever we see a life coming through those doors and we go, that is a, I'm going to honor that person today because there's so much value there. Because you know what, guys? Whenever it comes down to it, God saw so much value. He sent his son to die for us. As we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he saw so much value in each person that he said, it's worth my son. He said, I don't care if they ever come to me or not. It's worth sending my son. So whenever we look at people, we can't sit there and pick and choose and go, I'm going to value her today. I'm not going to value him because he talked rude to me last week. No, we value everyone as priceless because that's what they are. And even if you don't feel priceless, because you know what? You might be sitting there going, man, I don't feel valuable at all. I mean, I feel like poop today. Guess what? God sees you valuable every day. Even whenever you get done with your roughest day, and I mean, you sit there and you're like, I didn't throw the good book at it. I threw the bad book at my day. I mean, everything I could have done wrong, I did. God still says you're valuable. He says, I place so much value on you, so treat yourself that way. Honor yourself. Place some value on yourself. Because whenever we do that, we can show the world his kingdom operating in us. But whenever we're at the church, He's talking about the, body, the members of this body. Uh, yeah. But whenever we just bestow that honor, it says that those parts that we think are less honorable, he shows greater honor to them. But the thing about it is, I guarantee you, it's probably the same honor the whole way through. But because if we think it's less, he's got to say it's more. Because God all wants to honor everyone the exact same. He wants us to have the highest level that we ever have. But whenever we start thinking, going, well, they want me to greet today. It's not getting up on the praise and worship team soon. But whatever, I guess I'll do it. When we start placing those values saying that's less valuable, God says, no, no, no. That's very, that, I see that as very valuable. It's extraordinary. Every time we do that, if we're sitting there opening a door, holding umbrellas out in parking lots, dude, Ushers, round of applause for you. I mean, that was awesome. And I even took a picture of you guys and sent it to Pastor Martin and said, look at this. I said, this is a church operating right here. 
I said, because we value every person that comes in this door. I said, why not start the valuing out by their car? I said, you know what? We don't, we don't only just value them and their spirit. We value their hair, their clothes. Can't help their shoes. I mean, if we got, maybe we could get one of those red carpets, throw it out there and let them walk in. But we can show value by just simply going out and holding an umbrella for a lady. I know there's some men that didn't want the umbrella held by them. I understand. It's kind of weird. It's tight. But, you know, we can hold those umbrellas, men. And we can show that value and that honor to them. And even whenever we go to stores, I know nowadays it's very rare, but we still open doors. And you know what? There's been multiple times, and I know you men know exactly what I'm talking about, that you open that door, and there's a line of people coming. And you just tuck to the side. Come on in. Your family just keeps walking. Come on in. There's been multiple times at Cheddar's. I've been there. I've been like, welcome to Cheddar's. How are you doing today? They're like, oh, do you work here? Nope. Just holding the door. Come on in. And they're like, oh, wow. Well, thank you. No problem. Come on in. Because we can show the honor just in the simple things. Walking over to somebody, shaking their hand, asking them how they're doing, spending some time just valuing their conversation, valuing them. And that will make a huge impact on people's lives. It will make such an impact you won't even know about until later on. And that's what I love about this subject of honor is because whenever we're honoring, it's not to receive honor for ourselves. We're not doing it just to say, I want to be honored, so I'm going to give the honor for somebody else. No, we're saying we love God so much when we honor him that how could we not honor everyone else around us? Because when we get those glasses like I was talking about, getting the proper lenses, we can see the true value found in people. Even if you think, man, it's hard finding value in this one. You get with God, and he'll show you the value. No matter what their past said, no matter what they've gone through, you can see the value that they were valuable enough for Jesus to die. I can show some value. I can honor them. So with the church, that one was good. I don't know where I was going because that wasn't on my notes, but thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. <clears throat> We're going to go ahead and just bump past that one. That was awesome. Let's go to number four. And this one is an awesome story, but it talks about honoring all. So we went from honor God, honor our family, covering the husbands, honor the wives, wives have honor the husbands, children honor the husband and the wife and the parents and everything, to honor the church, to honoring all. And this story is one of my favorite stories because I'll just tell you. We'll just go there because we got a couple more scriptures. But it's a story of the Good Samaritan. And one day, a man was walking down the road, and he fell among some robbers. And they took all of his valuable things, stripped him, beat him, and left him for dead. And then all of a sudden, one of the priests was walking by, saw him on the side of the road, and kept walking. Then it so happened that a Levite came walking by, looked over and saw the man over there, and kept walking also. And then finally, a Samaritan, not even one of God's chosen people, but a Samaritan comes walking by, looks over and sees a man, and goes over and starts helping this guy. But the thing about it is, the first man who walked by saw no value. The second man who walked by placed no value on him. And then finally, that Samaritan walked by and saw the value of his life and said, how could I not help him? And he walked over and bandaged him up, helped him up, put him on his donkey. But then not only did he place the value in him, but he showed it. Took him back to the inn, said, you know what, take care of him. I will pay for everything. So there literally was a value exchange for that man. And he said, take care of him. If I owe you more, I'll come back. But you see, the Samaritan himself wasn't looking, going, is that one of my people? I only help out my people. I only value those that are my own kin. But he said, no, that's a life that I want to value. He said, I want to honor this man by taking him and getting him the help he needs. But the two before him saw no value. And literally, he had no value with him. I mean, he had no money, nothing. He was beat. He was almost dead. And they said, it's not worth my time to stop. I mean, he's almost dead. He's going to die anyway. Keep going. But what they should have done is seen that God placed enough value in them to go on that road and see him, if they would have just placed that value in that man's life, yeah, it's going to take time out of your day. Absolutely. And we've all had those opportunities in our own lives. 
of where all of a sudden you're walking through and you see something, and you're like, I could help them. I gotta be someplace in five minutes. Ugh, no, you know what? I'm gone. Boom. You just keep on going. How much value do you place in them? And sometimes we gotta sit there and go, Man, it stinks. Because I've had those moments, especially from my old trade, is I grew up in Oklahoma working at an automotive shop. And I worked there whenever I was 15 and worked all the way until I moved to Florida. And once I got there in Florida, the Lord kind of blessed me, and I got to start up my own little business in the house and help out the church all the time. And there's been multiple times where I've been driving down the road, seeing somebody pull over on the side of the road and have their hood up, trying to flag people down and been like, I'm busy, i got to go somewhere. And just fly on past. The Lord been like, you could have helped them. Amen. Lord, forgive me, and then I could turn back around and somebody else was there. Like, well, thank you for speaking to somebody else because I missed it. Absolutely missed it. But then there's been other times where I've been driving home when it, before we got married. I was driving out, and we used to live out on this ranch that was 30 minutes away from the church. I was like, oh, man, that was, that was a long drive all the time. But I remember one day I was driving, and all of a sudden I see this flashlight, and it's dark. And this flashlight's flashing, and I was like, something's going on. And a kid had run off the road because it was slick and got his truck stuck in the ditch. And I was like, man, uh, and so I'm about to pass him, and the Holy Spirit says, stop. Oh, man, okay, awesome. So I whipped in there, and the guy goes, hey, I'm stuck. Can you help me out? Well, my truck does have six-inch lift, really big tires, and four-wheel drive. Can't really tell the guy no, so, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and help you. So I helped him out, and then there was another opportunity where the guy was parked on the side of the road, and I just pulled over. Didn't have his hazards on, nothing. I just pulled over because I felt like the Lord wanted me to. And I said, hey, you guys doing all right? He said, no. My truck broke down. I said, oh, I got some tools. You need some tools? Yeah, that would be awesome. Awesome. I stood there for an hour and just let them borrow my tools and talking to them. And it's so funny because you can, you can value those people so much that you spend that time with them. And they can sit there and they can be cussing up a storm. What'd you? Why are you here? Oh, I moved here for a church. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. Sorry for my language. Listen, we were doing it before. I know when I leave, you're going to be doing it again. Don't be sorry to me. Hey, I'm not the one that it matters to. But you know what? Obviously, I can tell you're not at that level yet. So, well, and they sit there and they're like, oh, let's, man, thank you. You are such a blessing. Man, praise God. That changes the whole tone of the things. But, hey, that's great. Because whenever we place value on them, we never know how much impact it can have on their life. So the next time you're going through Walmart or going through Publix or wherever you're at, just look around and just start seeing the value and seeing the value of everyone around you because it's pretty easy to stop and get out of our own little bubble that we create in ourselves and to say, Lord, I want to see them as you see them. What do you think about that person over there? Do I need to go over there and pay for their groceries? Because that's value. And the thing about it is whenever we talk about that word honor, it says it's weighty. It brings weight. And the best example, I was sitting there sitting and praying to the Lord, talking to him, and I got the image of gold. And the more gold you get and the more weight it holds, the more value it contains. You go and you buy, man, it's been a long time since I've looked, a one ounce or a half an ounce used to be like twelve hundred dollars. Just imagine if you got a one pound bar. And it, I know silver is the exact same way. Silver, just because of the weight of it, causes the value to be there. And whenever we sit there and we start valuing these people's lives, especially as when we coming through and we value church, because for me and my wife and my family. Church has value. And it's so high, you couldn't pay us to miss. Because we know this is where everything comes together. We know this is where life is held. Whenever we come and we bring church, because we can meet in a building all day long and it won't be church. But when we all come together, did you guys know you are Anchor Faith Church? Pastor Mark has done a phenomenal job training us that we are the church. We hold that value in us. That it's not a matter of where we meet in a building. We bring it when we come together. 
whenever we hook up in unity and we start singing that praise and worship song and we start worshiping our king, God meets us wherever we're at because we are his church and he's building us. So we want to show so much honor in this world that they'll have to look at us and say, what's different about you? Every time that person comes in, I can't stand them, but you seem to handle them differently. What is that? So the last scripture I'm going to leave you with, it's found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 17. It says, Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. So whenever we start thinking about, I might not place enough value there. I, I hope that this message will remind you every time you start thinking a thought about somebody else, you go, no, that's not valuing them. I, I'm not honoring that person. Or if you start going, man, these people are wasting my time. No, where's the honor? Where's the honor in that? Or you start talking, one of your coworkers starts talking about your other coworker and just talking down, beating them down. I hope the Holy Spirit reminds you and says, where's the honor in that? Don't get in that conversation. There's no honor there. And that we will constantly be reminded of that the honor comes from us. And it comes from our heart. We can't just try to fake it. we got to have it in us. And that comes from honoring God. So we thank you, Heavenly Father, for this awesome time that we get to come before you. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are the teacher and that the words that I spoke came from you. And I thank you, Lord, that we will walk out of here with a greater understanding of honor, Father, that we want to honor all people, that we don't want to catch ourselves ever dishonoring someone, but we want to honor everyone we come in contact. We want to place that value so high that even if it causes us to go out of our way, we want to show that value because when we honor them, it'll show how much we truly care because you care, Father. You're the one that sent your son to die on the cross for us, and you're the one that cost the greatest price. And now we can never repay that, but, Father, we can repay it with our lives by serving you and honoring you, Father. So we thank you, Lord, that you will never catch us ungrateful, that you will never catch us in dishonor, but you will always catch us honoring you. So, Father, we thank you for this today, and we thank you, Lord, that as we go out of here, we will be a force to be reckoned with in this earth, Father, that your kingdom will advance and that your will will be done on this earth through us. And so, Father, we thank you for this, and in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen.